Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Northwest Arkansas. And uh, as you know, we had a leadership summit for the women a few weeks ago, and uh, it was an amazing time. And as promised, we're going to be sharing uh, some of the sounds uh, and some of the talks from that summit just to help any of you who couldn't be there. And for all you men out there, I think it'd be these messages are all about DNA. So they're going to be applicable to you as well. So uh, what we want to share with you this week is the opening night uh, ceremony, if you will. And uh, there's a little bit of an opening by myself and Jamie Lind, who was the organizer of the event. Uh, and then uh, we we kicked off the evening with Rocky Fleming uh, doing a message that uh, he would say is called, How's Your Soul? And uh, this is a question he asks our leaders all the time. And he gave a message to the ladies asking this very question. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, listen and enjoy the opening night of the Ladies Summit. Hello, everybody. My name is Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries. And I want to welcome you to the first ever Women's Summit. This is really amazing to see. Uh, it's been talked about for years about how can we get the, the women kind of going. They were already going, but how can we maybe try to help them get organized and all that? And we haven't had to do much. You guys have done all the work, and uh, we're just uh, called a meeting, and you guys all showed up. So, um, yeah, so we're really glad you're here. Um, of course, this was supposed to be a men's ministry, right? We thought it was. That's what Rocky thought. That's what I thought. And God had bigger plans. So uh, it's really awesome to watch what's happening. Um, I want to say there's three reasons that I'm really excited about the women's movement of the ministry happening. The first one is our ministry is looking a lot better. Uh, that's one thing. Um, second of all, I have this purple influencer shirt that Rocky gives me grief every time I wear it because he thinks it looks too feminine. So uh, now I feel like I can wear that, you know, a little more more often now. So that's good because I like purple. My it's my wife's favorite color, you know. So anyway, uh, the third reason is Natalie, Annie, Isabel, and Meredith, my four daughters, and uh, so I'm I'm a man with four daughters and a wife, and I'm surrounded by women all the time. Anyway, so it's like this is awesome. So I get to merge all this together. So. Um, Anyway, no, we are really excited that you're here. Um, we, we did this kind of format, what we're going to do this weekend with the men in October. And we had gathered many times, but there was something different about the, what we did in October. Um, and I think God's stirring some things up. He's doing some new things. He's, doing, he's getting us ready for the future. And so um, I want to say I'm so thankful for this lady, Jamie Lynn. Um, I'm thankful for the Bible app because uh, Jamie was reading a, an influencer's devotion reading plan on the Bible app, and that's how she was prompted to call us and find out who are these guys, who are these influencers people, which guided her to be in a couple's journey group with her husband virtually, 
and now she's working with the ministry, helping with the women. She's doing all sorts of stuff. So we're so thankful, Jamie. She's put a ton of work into this, as you guys know. So um, I just want to, the last thing I want to say, just, you know, God's always given us something uh, in the Word when we're seeking Him. And so this morning, He gave me two, two things, and I think it's significant. Um, well, first of all, I want to say I think this weekend is significant. I think it's a, a marker in the history of this ministry, and I've seen a lot of those. I've been, I've been part of the ministry about 16 years so I've seen a lot of markers um, along the way. And, and God is just so faithful, and he, He's doing it. We're just trying to, we abide with Him, and He does the rest, right? But He gave me the vision, uh, the first thing He gave me this morning was when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the, the summit, you know, and He transfigured Himself in front of them. And it was a very amazing time. And Moses and Elijah show up, and Peter and James and John didn't know what to think, Right? So there was a sense of there was a sense of getting away with the Lord at the mountaintop, and there's also he brought in the past, he brought in some of the patriarchs, Moses and Elijah, and then here's Peter, James, and John, you know, who are going to be the future, you know, and there was a transference that kind of happened, and something really special happened, and and it was just like I was thinking about this, we're we're coming to the summit, and I mean every time we do these things, it's all about going vertical. It's always about, let's just go, I'll go vertical together and see what happens. It's not, you know, and, and horizontal things happen, friendships happen, bonds happen, but it's always about going vertical. So he gave me that this morning. I was like, okay, God, you must, you know, know where we are, right? Um, and then the second thing I thought this was interesting to me, I don't know, just, it was, uh, it was a story of uh, Abraham when he, when he was Abram, and he was said, he said, you're going to be a father of many nations. He was 100 years old. And he's like, I'm, you're still telling me this? I'm going to be a father of many nations? And I was thinking, you know, you can't be a father of many nations without a mother of many nations, right? Or, or no kids are going to come out of that thing, right? So, um, so it just kind of impressed me the importance of the women. You know, and then the next thing you hear is that Sarah was told she's going to give birth at 90 years old, and she laughed, and all that, they all laughed. They couldn't believe it. But I was thinking how that all tied into how the significance of the women being involved and what God is doing, and what's something new is going to birth as we bring the women into this ministry. We have no idea what it looks like, but there's something very special going on. And I'm so glad that my daughters will have a, a place, maybe, Lord willing, someday to serve in this ministry, and my, maybe granddaughters and you know future generations. So it's very significant. We're going to look back one day and remember this weekend. And so open yourself up to whatever God has for you, um, and just listen to Him spend time with him and, and uh, go vertical and, and amazing things are going to happen. So welcome. Wow. This is short. Can you guys hear me? Well, I just want to start by thanking all of you for obedience. I know it took a lot to get here this weekend, and it wasn't necessarily easy or comfortable. But I want to encourage you all that you're here for a divine purpose. Every single one of you has been called here ultimately to meet with the Lord. You're going to make some beautiful friendships with new sisters in Christ. 
Absolutely. You're going to learn some powerful truth about God and about this ministry. You most certainly will. But the cry of my heart is first and foremost that you will have a divine personal encounter over the next three days with our Lord and Savior, who is very much alive, and he is very much in love with you. I pray that through the power of his spirit and his word, you will find freedom this weekend, that you'll experience deliverance from any and all hindrances that you may be carrying at this moment, that you'll receive healing for wounds you may not even be aware of in the depths of your soul, that in that freshly tilled soil, our faithful God will plant good seeds, seeds of something new that he wants to bring forth in and through your lives. I pray that we will all find new levels and new expressions of surrender to his lordship, that we won't resist when he invites us to journey into some of those deep places so that he can bring healing and restoration to our lives. I pray, dear sisters, that we will find courage this weekend to ask, seek, and knock, and to invite our gentle, loving shepherd into every part of our being. I'm reminded of a beautiful uh, short writing that I was introduced to as a new believer, written by Robert Boyd Munger, called My Heart, Christ's Home. I actually shared a copy of it with you in your materials for this weekend. It opened my eyes to understand the way we compartmentalize our lives and how contrary that is to what the Lord desires for us. I thought about Jesus first as an honored guest in my home, invited and greatly anticipated. When he arrives, like Mary in the Bible, I want to show him, Martha, actually, I want to show him the greatest hospitality. I clean the house, prepare the nice guest room for him, show him to his room in his own private bathroom, invite him to share a meal at my dining room table and all the nice china and the stemware, maybe invite him to join me in the living room after dinner for a little fireside chat and enjoy the peace of his presence. As my house guest, I'm not inviting him to sleep in my bed or a shower in my bathroom. I'm not showing him what's in my closet. I'm certainly not asking his opinion about what color I've painted the walls. I'm not expecting him to clean my kitchen floor or make repairs to the leak in my roof. I'm also not expecting him to stay. House guests are temporary. They come for a time you enjoy each other's company, and then they return to their own home. <clears throat> At some point in my Christian walk, I realized that something was missing. I knew that Jesus was my Savior, and even that I was accountable to him for my actions 
as my Lord. But my life was still just as messy. My stress levels were unbearable. I felt just as powerless against the icky sin in my life as I was before I called upon him as Savior. The truth is that Jesus wants to declutter our closets. He wants to repair the leaky faucet and clean the cobwebs out of the dark corners in our home. But he's a gentleman, and he doesn't go where he's not invited. The word says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, and I will eat with him, and he with me. He goes on to say that the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let's pray. Father God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to pour out a fresh revelation of your word upon us this weekend. May we have a new understanding of what you came to do and what you are inviting us into. May we invite you, Lord, to tear down any walls that have been separating us from the full expression of your love in and through our lives. May we come into new awareness of the truth of our identity and authority in Jesus Christ. May we leave this place anointed, activated, and empowered as never before with a boldness to walk by faith into the unique calling you have for each of our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your promise both to will and to work within us for your good pleasure. Holy Spirit, we invite you now to have your way in this place, to rain down upon us and to fill us afresh. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. We praise your holy name. Hallelujah and amen. Before I invite the worship team up, and actually you guys can come up now if you want and get settled. I just had a couple of quick announcements. I just wanted to get out of the way. Um, actually, just one. Um, I just want to thank the amazing sisters uh, who served on the steering committee for this event. They pulled this weekend together with the leading of the Holy Spirit and just blew my mind. If each of you would stand up as I say your name. Casey Saldana. Rose Austin. Nicole Thompson. Angie Malik. Misty Bessonese. Tina Brega, the birthday girl, <laughs> Melissa George, 
Lauren Cunningham, Zyla Brown, and our sister Amy Lee, who is not here, but I'm really hoping she's watching on the live stream. You are all such an incredible blessing to me personally, to this ministry, and to the body of Christ. I honor you, and I thank you so much. Praise God. Well, ladies, it is my honor and privilege tonight to introduce our first keynote speaker, the man who, in obedience to the Holy Spirit, birthed this ministry 20 years ago, as he received revelation of the critical importance of abiding in Christ and invited others to join him on a journey with the Lord into greater understanding. The Lord has inspired Rocky Fleming to write several allegorical books, including The Journey to the Inner Chamber, An Orphan No More, and Abide, which have inspired countless men and women to seek and find an intimate personal relationship with their Savior. Thank you, Rocky, for your leadership and love for the body of Christ and for sharing your wisdom with us tonight. Howdy. So good to see all of you. What a blessing. I uh, have to tell you, uh, 20 years ago, I, I was a businessman for a lot of years. And uh, in, the, in the field that I was in, I did a lot of preparation. I overprepared uh, every contingency that I might get a no to. I wanted to make sure I moved toward a yes. I guess you could tell I was in sales. And so when God called me away from business to make disciples, uh, it had already begun uh, in my life. Uh, and so the fleshing it out and, and understanding the message of influencers began with a message to me. And then it moved from a message to me to others. And it's interesting, you have to die to yourself in a lot of ways. Die to some of your old ways, the old habits, your old dependencies, your old strengths. And it's interesting that God, God has really taken me out of my comfort level. When I was a strong man, He made me weak physically. And um, 21 surgeries made me weak. Before that, I was the strong man, but God made me weak so that I could be made strong. Because in my dependency, I could hear Him. In fact, He downloaded massively during pain. But in the early stages, when I felt like I needed to be a superstar for Jesus, holdover from the last, the, the old life, I, I had my first book, the, the Prayer Cottage in the Sacred Garden, and I was asked to speak at a men's conference in Memphis. And uh, I overprepared. That's what I generally do when the pressure's on. I'm going to make sure that I've got the contingencies covered. And I, I got there at that conference, and that night, it was like the Spirit left me. I was just totally alone up there. Everybody looked at me. I could tell they were miserable. 
you know, they're wanting me to get off the stage because they're seeing the blood that's dripping down from me. And, uh, and that night, uh, in, in the privacy of my room, I, I said, Lord, I told you I didn't want to do this because I knew if I got up there and I started speaking that you'd leave me. And, and I didn't want to do that because I was afraid you would. And you know what he said to me? He said, I didn't leave you. You left me. I never asked you to be a, a great orator. I never asked you to be a great theologian. I never did anything except ask you to tell the truth about you and me. So therefore, you can speak with experience, and that's all I want you to do. I don't want you to talk theory. And from that point on, it, it changed for me. Because I knew I was no longer representing me, I was representing the King of Kings. Now, I don't know exactly what's going to happen tonight. I've got some notes here. But uh, this is too important. I think there's something more that God's wanting to say, and, and I'm going to make myself available for Him to do that. I'm going to ask Him to... Come, Lord Jesus... Speak your words. Help me represent you. There's been much resistance. There's been much resistance to this. There's been much resistance to me. I've been fighting to get here, fighting illness. Sinus infection, dizziness. But more than that, internal battles. And I have found that the best way I'm ever prepared for something like this is to be empty. Because if you come, if you if you prepare ahead of time what you think needs to be said, and you hold true to it, then you're going to get what man can produce. And I I don't want that. When influencers started 20 years ago, I didn't know it was going to happen. I really didn't. I was just trying to walk with Jesus. Still the same way. I'm just trying to walk with Jesus. I'm trying to help these people that are in my life see what I'm seeing. And that's how that ministry was birthed 20 years ago. Seven men come and see what I'm seeing. I'll help you on your journey if you'll help me on my journey. And in that state of dependency, he can do mighty things. And I knew early on that he had a, the most unlikely, unreasonable representative that he could ever get in me. To write books like he's written and I took dictation for I just took it to dictation from him. I'm just telling people what he's telling me. I'm seeing these stories in my mind that he's showing me. And I'm writing it down and I'm reading it later on and I'm connecting dots that I didn't even know then. I still see that. And that's why I know that he is the Lord God of this ministry. And that's why I know that He will use anybody who's willing to say, I'm Him. I'm yours. Early on when we got started, I told 
I told our guys that I don't want to be a part of anything that Jesus is not Lord of. And I've been saying this all along. If the Spirit of God leaves us, I'm gone. I don't want to be a part of something that man makes. I want to be a part of something God makes. And we have a tremendous adversary. We've had an adversary before we came here. Some of you have already felt that. Some of you are carrying that right now. And you need freedom. We're going to raise up the name of Jesus over this. We're going to raise up the name of Jesus over this time tonight. Because there's some of you are going to come to some clarity, some understanding, and some surrender. So I welcome you. And you know what we do when Satan comes against us? We raise a hallelujah. Come on. Let's raise a hallelujah. 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 We raise a hallelujah because our King is King. He is Lord. And Satan has no authority over you, over me, over this. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority over anything that comes here now. I am so excited about the development of women's ministry of influencers. For years, I have felt that it was coming. And I want to tell you, we are fanning the flame into fire with you ladies. It is needed. I have six granddaughters. I have a beautiful daughter-in-law and two beautiful daughters and a precious wife coming up 54 years of marriage. And I can guarantee I want them, I want women, I want God's daughters to get to know Him in an intimate, abiding relationship. So I've been behind this from the get-go. And I, and I want to I tell you how proud I am of you. Because I think that you're going to be the pioneers of this and something great. You're the mothers that are going to be birthing a ministry that's going to work, reach beyond anything we can imagine. And the reason why is that you're not building it. We're not building it. God is building it. We're following Him. We're letting Him have His way with us. And when we do that, He can do great things. Now, I want to ask you something, because this is very important. If you hope to be the leaders that I think you will be, I've got to ask you a very important question. How's your soul? How's your soul? Why don't I ask that question? We have some board members in here tonight, and, and as well, Brian. And they can tell you that when we have a board meeting, meeting, from the time that they came on this board, I was always asking them, how is your soul? How is your soul? Now, every board meeting that we have, we go around and we say, how is your soul? And don't lie to me. Because it's very important, your soul is healthy because you cannot lead this ministry if your soul is not healthy.
A healthy soul gives us an open communication. A healthy soul enables the power of God to come into our life and lead us and guide us and give us the wisdom that's needed to be able to take anything that we can do forward in His power. But how can we do it if we can't hear Him? How can we do it if we don't have His power? Too long, I think, that Western church has labored under what we read in the Bible, holding on to a form of godliness, but denying its power. And it's time that we no longer deny the power of God that can do its work in our life, but your soul has got to be healthy. We've got to have an intimate place that there's no obstacles in our relationship with Him. That first and foremost, we will not allow something to come between us and that delicate, wonderful, precious, intimate relationship that we have with the King of Kings. The King of glories. Our husband. Yes, I'm a bride too. The Bible tells us there's some symptoms of a healthy and an unhealthy soul. And if you know how to look and if you know able to do some self-analysis, you can spot when you got a problem. We oftentimes see it in other people more than, than we see it in ourselves, don't we? And it's vitally important for us if we're going to lead and if we're going to follow to understand what it looks like to have a healthy soul. The Scriptures are pretty clear on it. We can see the symptoms. The first thing we need to understand is there is an admonition it goes like this. Keep in step with the Spirit. What does it mean to, be keep, to keep in step with the Spirit? Think about it. To keep in step with the Spirit. What do you visualize by this admonition to keep in step with the Spirit? Well, I can tell you what I visualize. I visualize walking side by side with Him. Sometimes, and this is something I've never even told Sally here. Sometimes I visualize that Jesus and I are walking on a path together. And as I walk with Him, He says, go there and let's go to that person. And I go there with Him. Too often, people think that maybe abiding in Christ is having a good quiet time or having a good event or having a high experience, going to the mountain. And they, they, they think a quiet time is an event or a visitation. But in, in John 15, where it says, abide in me, the NIV translation is remain in me. And it's hard to remain in a quiet time all day long. Abide is a state of being with Him. A state of walking with Him. A state of keeping step with Him. And if we're keeping in step with Him, then we're going to see the benefits of that. And if we're not, we're going to see the symptoms of that as well. So let me read you the Scriptures in Galatians 5, 16-25. But I say, 
walk by the Spirit. First admonition. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not, not under the law. Symptoms. Watch this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Sensuality. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmity. Strife. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like this. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do not do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have discovered with influencers in our leadership team that if Satan wants to get to us, he's come, come at us two ways. Division or diversion. He's going to divide us from each other or he's going to divert our mission. Isn't it something that one of the deeds of the flesh that is evident is divisions? Dissensions. Now men like to be able to point out the things that they do well. And they look at that and say, well, I'm not into witchcraft. And they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Okay, how are you doing with that enmity? How are you doing with that strife? How are you doing with that jealousy? How are you dealing, dealing with that fits of rage? Symptoms. Symptoms. Because this is the flesh. And that is normal. This is natural. This is the natural tendencies of the fallen nature of mankind. This is what it looks like right there. Unabashed. That's who we are. Unless we have Christ. Now there's another symptom. And it looks like this. And then keep in mind... Keep in step with the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Bookend. If we live by the Spirit, let us all keep in, also keep in step with the Spirit. Symptoms. What symptoms are showing up in your life? Fruit of the Spirit? A lot of people think that the fruit of the Spirit is something that we can work out in our life. They think, okay, if I can just figure it out, I can figure out how to be patient. I can figure out how to have peace. It's all about mind over matter, right? You think it, you can make yourself peaceful. Mm. 
That ain't the world I live in. The fruit of the Spirit is actually the Spirit's characteristics. It's Him. It's Holy Spirit. It's not something that we can attain. It's not something that we can achieve. It's not something that we can discipline ourselves. It is something that we can enable. It's something that we can prevent. And it's something that will happen if we abide in Him. He said it. Not me. If you abide in me, you will bear fruit. And apart from me, you will not bear fruit. So the evidence is there. The evidence is that either we're going to show signs of the flesh or we're going to show signs of the Spirit. And the Spirit is going to bubble up in our life if we are in that proximity with Him. If we are in close proximity with Him. Now, let's get back to the question, how is your soul? Because your soul is going to show the evidence. The soul is going to show, are you troubled about something? Are you, are you dealing with something here? Now, one thing I will tell you, sisters, remember this. I oftentimes ask men, how's their soul? And it's pretty good if their circumstances are good. But soul health is not circumstantial. Circumstances are dictated by soul health, not the other way around. And I can't tell you it's going, I'm going to, you're going to be removed from problems and troubles and scares and fears and losses and hurts. You're not. You're not going to be removed from that. But there's a powerful force that lives within a woman who abides in Christ. And her effect on the world around her is unreal. It's heavenly. And this is how we control our circumstances. That is, with the joy that is within us, within the health of our soul that is attached to the vine, and He is not circumstantial. He does not change. He never leaves us. He is always there for us. He is our rock. He is our anchor. He is our high tower. He is our God. He is our friend. He is ever-present. And He loves us. He loves us. Uh, you know, when we gather at a place like this, uh, this is the opportunity to deal with some things that you carried in here. And you got to. You need to. I look out over this group of people and I see daughters. I see granddaughters. I see sisters. I see family. But I also see princesses. You're members of the royal priesthood. You're daughters of the living God. And in times like this, you don't have to continue to carry the stuff you're carrying right now. If you brought some things into you, now's the time to get rid of it. You don't have to, you don't have to carry it anymore. I wrote a book called uh, Beyond the Inner Chamber. Has anybody read that? 
And the storyline has to do with a backpack that has rocks in it. And those rocks represent burdens that we're carrying. And they weigh us down. And you know, in uh, Hebrews 12, that Hebrews 12 is about we run the race, run the race, uh, fix your eyes on prize, fix your eyes on Christ. And it says that we are to cast off the hindrances and the sin that so easily entangles us. You know the one I'm talking about? I find it interesting that those things that burden us are not necessarily sins. They're just unnecessary. And what God wants us to do is cast off of the unnecessary things that hinder our race to fix our eyes on the King and run to Him and run into His arms. I have a perfect visualization of that. I played football back in college, and I had a, 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 had a college coach uh, my freshman year that was, I mean, he was, he was a great coach, but he was a tyrant, to be honest with you. And when we had to run our wind sprints at the end of the day, it was always at 90 degrees and 90% humidity and no water, and it was just cruel. But we had to run them. And I'll never forget what he says. When you run your wind sprint, 50-yard dashes, you run to the line, through the line, and you do not coast to the line. You run all the way through the line, through the line, through the line. And from that point on, I began to understand that my life is like that. That I'm running a race. And I'm running that race and not coast at the end but to run to the line and run through the line to the prize. And guess who the prize is? The outstretched arms of that Savior of mine who's going to welcome me in this kingdom and say, well done. That's our mission, is to run the race. But to run the race, we've got to run with a healthy soul. We can't carry a backpack of extra things that are unnecessary when we've been given the opportunity to download it, to get rid of it, to have it removed, He wants to do that for you tonight. But I want you to get ready for this tonight. I want you to get ready to be able to start removing some of those rocks in your backpack because He wants to take them from you. I want you to claim, I want you to claim that tiara that is yours. Now you say, I'm not worthy of that. Well, I heard that. I've been saying that for 77 years. But let me tell you, that's, that makes, that, there's no difference. That tiara has been put on your head because you're a princess of the King of Kings. Now you might not feel you're worth it, and you might not be, but you can grow under it. It's on your head already. Now, grow under it. And you grow under it by having a healthy soul. You grow under it by the intimacy that He wants to give you. He wants to give you a new identity. He wants to take away your old identity. He wants to take away all the things that have been hindering you and hurting you and wounding you. 
I had some special ladies this past week tell me some things that women typically struggle with. Here's what I heard. Wounds of the past. Unforgiveness toward others and myself. Shame. Anxiety. A feeling of being unworthy to be loved, even by God. Do any of you feel these things? Time to let it go. Time to take that out of your backpack. It's time to get a new identity. When I was writing An Orphan No More, it was in the in the midst of that that God gave me a an understanding that I didn't I didn't know when I wrote the book. I was writing it, and then this is when He spoke to me about the orphan spirit. And basically, what He helped me understand is that I have an orphan spirit. Now, some people say, "Well, wait a minute, what does that mean?" An orphan spirit is not necessarily because you're an orphan. Because I had a, a good mom and dad. Good home. But nonetheless, I had the orphan spirit. And I would say majority of people do have an orphan spirit in them. It's an identity. Now we have an orphan that is our little grandson that was adopted from Ethiopia. He was saved off of the streets of Ethiopia. He would probably be dead right now if he was not adopted by us, by my daughter. And I visualize what it looks like to be an orphan in the third world countries. That's what I saw when I, I wrote that book. An orphan oftentimes steals their food and hides. Hides it away. They can even be adopted into a family, but if they have that orphan spirit still, they'll still steal. Because of one key thing, this is what typifies the orphan spirit. We don't feel that we deserve to be loved by God. I don't deserve to be loved by God. And therefore, I have an identity problem. I'm I'm okay I'm okay with accepting my adoption. That's a legal thing. Theology, right? Got that down. But accepting my sonship, accepting your daughtership, that's another thing. That means you have to surrender something that's standing in the way. You have to surrender an old identity, girls. You got to take your new identity or your princess. You've got to believe it. You've got to accept it. You've got to allow it to happen in your life. And you can't let that hinder you. And some of you have had this problem. Tonight it needs to go. Tonight it needs to go. Embrace your identity. Embrace His love. Embrace your future. Embrace your purpose. And He's ready for you to come. Come and get it.
So I'm going to ask Brian and Jamie to come up and to lead you to a place you need to go. Some of you, are, you might just stand and pray for others if you don't feel like you have anything that needs to be dealt with. But those who do, it's very important for this to be done now because the rest of this weekend will be the rest of the story. And this stuff needs to be out of you, okay? Out of you to receive what He wants to give you. Amen? You've been listening to the Influencers Network podcast. I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. Abide with me. Don't let